The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What will the Cowboys look like a month from now? Well, we have plenty of time to contemplate that, and that is why we have another Riled Up podcast for you. We're going to stay Riled Up on the Cowboys as we do every Thursday with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White, of course. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. You can follow me at RW3 on the Twitter sphere and check out all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com. Make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel, even here in the offseason. There are some snippets and news things to react to, and we will certainly be the first to do that for you. So make sure you say, stay subscribed to the channel and also check out all the great content, even here in the offseason. And Tom, you know, this is the dead period. Okay, mm-hmm. this is the time when if there's going to be any content, it's likely going to come from players' Instagrams in the form <laughs> of back uh, backyard content. Right in the form of perhaps uh, boating expeditions. Dak Prescott <laughs> is a big deep sea fisherman, as yeah. are several of the offensive linemen. So we could see some photos of the guys hanging out on a boat somewhere. Uh, ultimately, though, probably not a lot of news to chew on. So with that, we kind of have to contemplate what you and I think are going to be some mm-hmm. of the biggest questions as we head into training camp. And it's exciting to be as close as we are to that point. Because truth be told, you know, a month and a half from now, the Cowboys will be out in Oxnard and we'll maybe get some answers to these questions that you and I ponder. But for now, questions is all we have. And so we might as well maneuver on some of those. Yeah. I What I like to do when we're in the dead time, it can be a good time to just sit and kind of try to get a little bit of a bird's eye view of things things and uh yeah I, today i was sitting down i just was looking at the uh the current depth chart uh i i use ourlads.com which is a great source they tend to keep up to date and you know we still got a little churn going on i mean they just reached tack mckinley and uh because it's kind of a crowded pass rusher room uh but they're still mostly right now, you know, it's going to be slow. There may be a few more moves, but we've got a pretty good idea what they're rolling into training camp with, uh, you know, probably 85 of the 88 names they currently have will be there at, at, at if not all of them. 
More and I was looking- so we, we know who's competing for what, right? There's no one, even if they add two names here or there, there's no one that's going to come in outside of a kicker that's probably going to be stepping into an immediate impact role, save for maybe one name who's been here before. But yeah. We'll get and how that. much of an impact he'd have. That's a, that's an interesting question. That was the first thing. It's, it still feels a little weird to look at the depth chart and not see Ezekiel Elliott on it. Uh, we're still adjusting to that. Uh, but there were actually three significant departures on the offense. Uh, Elliott left. Uh, Dalton Schultz is gone, the starting tight end, uh, which everybody just kind of met with a shrug pretty much. Uh, and even though he played on the franchise tag last year, I just think there were too many times when you saw the ball kind of clank off his hands. Okay. I wanted to get your reaction to that specifically because I mean, like I can see both sides of it, you know, fans shrugged for the exact reason you gave. There were many big moments where Dalton Schultz was not big last season. Yeah. He was, he was kind of, solid but not spectacular and he did kind of let them down when he should have brought in some important catches but in addition to those two the guy that really I think we're overlooking is Connor McGovern's gone the starting left guard and that to me is a the start of a whole chain of dominoes uh because I, from what I can understand, uh, with all the, the 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 discussion round and round, the plan is still to roll with Tyler Smith moving back to left guard, Tyron Smith playing his old left tackle position, and then you got Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele at right tackle. Except for the fact they don't know if Terrence Steele is going to be ready to start camp. Or, you know, how long will that drag on? And, oh, yeah, remember last year Tyron Smith didn't even get out of camp before he was injured? And so I all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, the plan then seems to be in one way or another that Tyler Smith kicks back outside to tackle. Uh, and because of, even if Terrence Steele goes down, I think the plan would be Tyler Smith moves to left tackle. Tyron crosses over to right tackle where he he looked pretty good uh, playing some late last season. But now you've got to come up with who's your left guard. Uh, They they currently have three guys that are contending, I guess, to be the primary backup there, which is what you hope they'll be. Uh, And that's going to be a, you got Matt Farniak, who's been with the team for a little while. They uh, signed Chuma Adoga uh, in free agency, and wow, they drafted could huh? be any, Chuma Adoga. Could be anything. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he could, based on you know, kind of what people have said about him and what he brings to the table. He has some skills and maybe a piece, but he could also be. Um, golly, who was that offensive lineman not too long ago? He's always the guy that everybody references when they think about bottom barrel signings that they bring in that amount to nothing. Oh, yeah, the guy that got Dak killed in one game. Yeah, uh, McKenzie Bernardo. Yeah. Is that it? I think that was him, yeah. And then they they also drafted Asim Richards, 
But we really don't know. You know, Farniok uh, has done some fill-in work, but I don't know that we've got proof he's really that good. He said we don't know about Adoga, and we've got a rookie coming in who is uh, – Richards is also – you know, he's going to be a converted tackle, uh, which Cowboys are so fond of doing. Uh, they like to move them in in from their college position, and they like that whole position flex idea too. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, it it almost might be better uh, if one of those guys could just about win the left guard position outright, and then don't worry about steel, uh, and and maybe let him or, or Tyron be the swing tackle for a while, uh, you know, which a lot of people will get all hot and bothered about that. I just like continuity on the offensive line. Now, the Cowboys did a pretty good job shuffling and mixing and matching last year. I just don't think that's the way you really want to go if you have a choice. With where we are right now, and, of course, as you briefly kind of mentioned, the news about – Terrence Steele that he may not be ready at the start of camp kind of trickled out there during this most recent mini camp. Do you feel like the Cowboys are in a better position than they were at the end of last year along their offensive line where we stand at this moment? No, I really don't. I feel like we're back in the same place. Uh, And it's the only real spot that I don't feel like they're, in better in as good as or better shape than last year. Because I I, I think that they 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 drafted uh Luke Schoonmacher to be the, the starting tight end. I think he probably will be the starting tight end by the time they roll out of camp. Uh with Ferguson and Hendershot getting some good usage during the season, you know, there's going to be multiple tight end sets. They're going to come in and leave uh Schoonmacher. So I and and there may become kind of a situational kind of thing. Uh, it, it seems like Ferguson may be a little bit better in the run game. Uh, Hendershot is the guy you want to send down the seam to kind of stretch the field a little from the tight end position. And Schoonmaker, the read on him is just that he's he's Dalton Schultz only better, yeah. particularly his hands. You know, an all-around type of guy. But look, if he was that great of an all-around guy, he would have been mentioned among the big four, like, tight end group. Now, granted, I know this was an historic tight end class. Make no mistake about it. But he was not amongst the top names of it. And so we do have to come back down to earth a little bit, especially to me with him coming out of minicamp with a boot on his leg. I am concerned about his learning curve. And I don't know if I agree with you that he's going to come out of camp as the main guy. Certainly he could, but I would love to ask a coach about what they think it is that allows players to step in extremely quickly versus what it is that keeps guys off the field. Because it seems so often the part that we can't really ever know, even in watching film, is what the guy has between the ears. And if he doesn't fully know his role in every position, in every situation, then he can't get on the field no matter how talented he is. You know, I question whether or not the fact that he has missed some time already with a boot on his leg 
whether or not that hinders his ability to pick this offense up. And quite frankly, like Hendershot and uh, Ferguson were good enough last year that I kind of think even after the draft, they should be given the opportunity to get first crack at it at that first tight end role. Well, I think they probably will get a crack at it just because that's traditionally been the way the Cowboys roll. I don't think Mike McCarthy has really changed that approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I do think that kind of emanates from the, uh, the the front office that, you know, we've invested a year in this guy or whatever, so let let the seniority play. Uh, so we have to, we'll have to take a look at how that's going to work. But I still think Schoonmarker is going to work out really good. I think he will be good down the road. Um, and, hey, I like to, you know, I like to disagree with you every now and then, Tom, just for fun's sake, uh, because, gosh, I mean, who knows what this is going to look like even a month and a half from now. Um, But it's fun to ponder what it could look like. And on the plus side, you know, he is a very talented all-around type of jack-of-all-trades type of tight end. And that could be exciting from a projection standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing on offense, we know Dak's going to be the starter. I don't think there's going to be much of a shuffle in the backups there. the the rest of the running back room is very much to be determined, although it looks like Malik Davis is really trying to cash in on Pollard not being full go for minicamp and is getting some reps to kind of stake his claim to a, a backup spot. And then they've got to figure out Deuce Vaughn and, and what, what they're going to do with the other guys. Then wide receivers just, you know, we know the three starters. So, you know, uh, and, and right now you'd have to think that uh, – Turpin, uh, uh, Hertz, and Fajoko. Uh, Tol- no, Tolbert. Jer- 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 yeah, Tolbert, Tolbert I mean. man. He was getting people excited at minicamp. He might be a guy that's ready to take it to the next level in year two. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not necessarily in a position to say, based on what we saw last year, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that take, but at the same time, uh, he did get a lot of praise there in training camp. And if he figured out kind of where he needs to be, because a lot of the criticism last year was that he was thinking too much. If he can figure out where he needs to be instinctively, maybe he can step up and kind of make a difference. Because to me, outside of the top three, he's the only one that really profiles as a potential big hitter type, as one that could fill in and become that guy that you can look towards in the future and say, he's going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. You figure Turpin is going to be kind of like wide receiver six. So he can do this punt returns. Gadget guy. Right. Yeah. absolutely. And they may have a few plays trying to use him to stretch the field with his speed. And Sammy Fajoko has got the experience, but you could see one of this, you know, bunch of free agents they've got, uh, sitting there for camp, uh, breaking out. Usually there's a wide receiver gets us all hot and bothered. And half yeah, the time, nothing I do want to caution that this year, though. Like, do not get sucked in by the – God, the names that ran, were run through last year. Uh, yeah. We had Dennis Houston at one point. Um, we had uh, another – golly, like – It was a flavor of the week thing. It really it, was. It was – outrageous last yeah. year coverage in regards to the wide receivers. Yeah. So yeah. I hope that I hope they bottle that up there out at Oxnard this year. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the defense, it is a very different field. 
because there really weren't any significant losses. Uh, you know, uh, I, I did say, I think a video, of, uh, you know, Anthony Brown is gone, but you know, he was hurt and he's coming back. He's had uh, some workout video trying to get teams interested in maybe signing him, but they didn't really take a step back and bring Stefan Gilmore in more than made up for Brown's loss. Uh, you know, and they've got Mozzie Smith, who I'm real excited to see how he's going to look, not just as a run stuffer. I think he's going to be a pocket pusher too. But there was something funny I noticed when I was looking at our lads because last year they would have right defensive end, left defensive end. This year they're using different terminology. They have defensive end and Leo. And for those people who aren't familiar with what a Leo is, it's basically just a defensive end that's going to sometimes take a two-point stance to use his speed and give a more of a three-four look. Uh, so it's 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 kind of a hybrid between a traditional three-point stance DE and the outside linebacker pass rusher that you see in in three fours. And, you know, who's the prime example of that? Why the old Nittany Lion himself, Micah Parsons, who showed exactly how that can be used. Um, and it, it was kind of funny that the terminology has kind of shifted with our lads, which I'm, I'm you know, curious if that's really just them looking at what's going on or whether they, you know, that's actually kind of leaked out of the, the staff somehow. Well, Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And I love that, but I love that you picked that up. And that's something that like, that's the type of detail that blogging the boys brings to the table, (laughs) the stuff that we look at. And I could tell you because our lads does do an excellent job. They will at least once a month archive what previous rosters or previous depth charts had looked like at various times throughout the year. And it looks like this change basically occurred here in June. So I'm curious. I, I would imagine that is a result of something they saw in minicamp or OTAs that was being utilized or being reported that, did have an effect there because our lads is definitely well connected mm. in terms of the information they put out there. They're, they are not speculating as much as you might think a, uh, another outlet would be. 
And it does seem to fit Dan Quinn's approach because he likes hybrid players. He likes guys that can do more than one thing that he can use in different ways. They can throw at you unexpectedly. So, yeah, I just, I just, I saw that. And I'm like, whoa, when did that? And I didn't go back and look at the previous month. I just, I went back and double checked last season uh, to make sure I hadn't missed something all this time. Uh, but yeah, that, that was, I just thought that was interesting because that does kind of tip off maybe a little bit about how Quinn's going to be doing his defense this year, or it is just really a reflection of what's already happened. And it's just kind of making it into the terminology. Um, now I, there's another thing I really dug into the weeds on, and this is a, you know, it's a fan favorite player, uh, Isaac Alicorn. Uh, well, I hope I'm saying that halfway right. <laughs> you know, he he was brought in through the international players, uh, international pathways program. Uh, has been hanging around the practice squad because he didn't count uh, against the fifty against the uh, the overall roster. Uh, and now they kicked him from offensive tackle to nose tackle, which basically was Quinn or somebody said to the offense, hey, if you guys aren't using him, let us see what we can do with him. We like his size because he's a big 300-plus pound guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reports are he's not looking bad. Uh, you know, now the, the it's a long shot for him to do anything other than maybe make the practice squad. Because yeah. he'd have to beat out both Jonathan Hankins and Quentin Bohana. I'm not too sure Bohana is that big a challenge because he kind of hasn't materialized the way we thought, thought. But Hankins was really solid before he got hurt. You know, remember they Did traded for beat him. out Hankins to get on? To make the 53-man roster. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I feel like. With what we saw at minicamp with Mozzie Smith and Jonathan Hankins being paired up as the top interior pairing there in minicamp, I feel like they could utilize that a little bit more, and that maybe opens up the competition for Alakon mm. against Bohana, uh, um, Osa, and potentially uh, who's the last one that I'm not thinking about there on the interior? Might be Chelsea goals. Golston. Well, yeah, it could be Golston as well. Um, he is another interesting aspect prospect. Uh, Gallimore. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah ga- I mean, and, even Stewart yeah. would be a tough road for Alicorn. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, I like his chances to sneak onto the practice squad. Let's face it, Tom, as you wrote in this article, <laughs> reality of the situation is – Isaac Alarcon's value to this football team may be more in the merchandising aspect and the continuity that he brings and the connection that he brings to the Mexican fan base. And I have no yes. problem with that. Uh, yeah. Happy to support our friends down South and happy to have, you know, a representation of them on this football team. I just don't know if he's there yet to crack the, the real 53 man roster, especially just one year into the transition. Yeah. But he may be a future play. Yeah. Um, you know, they may looking that when, you know, Hankins, I think he was just on a two-year contract. 
Uh, I'd have to double check, but they may be looking okay because they have a crack at taking his place next year. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, it always is. That's what's fun about this time of year is that there's we don't know yet what we don't know, <laughs> and we're trying to figure that out. Um, you know, the rest of the defense, uh, the the defensive line as a whole just has tons of horses, as I put it. Uh, for for Quinn and Alan Durde to to use, uh, the secondary is just okay. How do you stack them up? Uh, they have uh, got I think plenty of players. You know, I'll knock on wood just to make sure because you know you don't want to say yeah we got plenty of depth because that can dissipate really fast. But uh, the only thing that's interesting to me outside of the uh, the uh, other little things is. Linebacker, uh, they've got you know Leighton Vandrish. I think is he had his career year last year, and so they, they he's going to be out there on just about every play. Damone Clark was really a surprise, and now they've brought in Demarvion Overshone, and I think basically that as far as playing linebacker on the defense, those are about the only guys we're going to see. There'll be a couple of other linebackers on the roster, but they're going to be special teamers. You don't think Cox makes it into that conversation, maybe as a coverage guy or coverage specialist at the linebacker position? Well, that's what I mean. He would be as he would his most oh, likely chance is to I'm make sorry. it. You said him. I apologize. I thought you said it was LVE, Overshone, and uh, and Clark, and. But- there would be a couple of others with Cox likely be could possibly be in one of them. They'll primarily see action on special teams. Okay. Very limited exposure when the when the defense is on the field because uh you know with J. Ron Curse, uh the Cowboys are able to work with without having to rely on a lot of linebackers. Of those three linebackers, then who are you most excited to to potentially see? Is it Clark coming off of the fantastic season, his rookie year, bouncing back and coming back from an incredible injury to even play last season and play extremely well? Is it Overshone, the third round rookie, or is it Leighton Vanderesh, who, as you mentioned, is coming off of a career year? I'm excited for Clark. Me too. Uh, he's he's the young guy coming up. Uh, I'm hoping LVE can just kind of continue on the track he's going and be that solid Brock. Uh, I think he is probably going to be the green dot, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Or have they been pro- experimenting with that? Uh, it, I, I, he was I, the guy I, there at minicamp that was doing okay. it. So. Yeah, the, which for those, in case anybody doesn't know what I meant, he's the guy with the radio. He's listening into the defensive calls and relay them, relaying them to the field. He's kind of got that field general thing, uh, you know. Uh, so speaking of field generals, too, I mean, it's worth talking about the safety group, even though it's mostly all the same names from last year. In fact, they didn't yeah. add any. They didn't add anybody new here, uh, either in the draft or really in free agency, and yet. Um, I think there is kind of a new wrinkle in the group because of the emergence late last season of Israel Mukuamu. Uh, yeah. He could be that guy that fills into that slot corner position if um, if Jordan Lewis kind of falls out. Uh, also, I did, you know, on the other 
group of the secondary guys I'm interested in, Eric Scott, uh, specifically. The young kid who some are comparing to kind of Deron Bland simply because he was picked right around the same area and because Deron Bland had such an excellent season. Eric Scott has ball skills. He showcased them there in minicamp and OTAs. And if he can emerge and, and figure out a way to kind of poke his head through, right, do well in the limited time he gets early on, he's a guy that I'm actually kind of excited to see uh, what he brings yeah. to the table, especially when – I don't think the Cowboys will put a lot of miles in training camp on Diggs and Gilbert and Gilmore. Yeah. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they kept Jordan Lewis kind of tucked hmm. on the bench just to protect him since he's had some injury issues along the way. Um, but yeah, I, I, the only problem uh, for, for Scott would just be at the numbers game. Yes. Uh, so they're, and we'll just have to see because you know Deron Bland didn't go anywhere. Nope. And so they just have to see if he can get the spot and how many they're going to carry it. But, you know, five is usually a pretty safe bet. So that's where you think he'd, he'd line up. Uh, and th- there was one other thing, though, that did I mentioned at the top of the, bro- at the podcast, they've got 88 players signed right now. And and they have ninety spots, so they're they're not using two, which I think those won't be filled probably until right at the beginning of camp. They're going to keep them as a little pad if they have somebody that suddenly becomes available. They go like, oh wow, we need that guy. They can sign him immediately without having to figure out who to move, and then they can take their time and figure out a corresponding move. And they're just holding those two spots. And right before camp, I think they'll sign themselves a kicker and a quarterback camp arm. Now, they, they've got to have, I think, competition for Viscano. Uh, he's just so inexperienced. I think he's made, what, five NFL kicks, attempted five NFL kicks, only missed one. Uh, so that's, that's not who you really want to roll with unless you really see a lot of him and a camp competition might be one way to gain a little confidence in that. But I wouldn't expect to see there being a flavor of the week there with a, 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 you know, a new kicker coming in to compete with him and then, okay, whoever didn't do so well goes and they bring another guy in and just keep trying to find something. Cause remember it was, they were down to their last guy with Brett Maher last year and, and yeah. signed him. That's what I think could kind of blow up in their faces, right? Like every week brings less and less confidence in the kicking position, not necessarily more. So I am a little nervous about how that's going to go, but Hey, you got to be nervous about a few things, I suppose. And Mm -hmm. if the kicking game is going to be one of them, well, I would say probably 80% of the league is also concerned about their own kicking game. So that's when you just got to, I think chalk up to the football gods, pray a little bit and uh, pay your respects, Tom, to hope yeah. they smile upon you on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and the quarterback that's going to come in, his only hope uh, to make the squad is he'll be leaving banana pills out outside of Will Greer's locker. I really don't think there's going to be anybody show up that's going to challenge for the third thing. And it, it now, of course, they have the new rule that they will have a third emergency quarterback who does not count 
against the 53 man count, which I'm, I'm not really sure exactly what that, but what it basically means is they can have that, that quarterback active and they, they just simply have one less inactive they have to declare. So I guess they're down to five. Hmm. I liken so, it to an emergency goalie in hockey. Yeah. You know, call a guy up from the local grocery store to come suit up and just be available in case you need one. Yeah, because that's literally the rule. He can't take the field unless both the other guys go down. So, yeah, but that's where we are. Uh, as you said, we're still about a month and a half. Actually, maybe a day or two less now at this point. It's getting It's getting closer. For me, when training camp starts – that's the start of football season. I know a lot of people don't see it quite that way, but that's when things really get exciting. Yeah, I've gone back and forth over the years. Uh, sometimes it feels like preseason drags on, but now with fewer games with real action and also with the joint practices, I agree. I think that training camp, much more than in, in the past, does kind of signal the beginning of football season. You can start to make some evaluations about teams just by how they're performing there at camp. So it'll be interesting. And of course we'll have you covered all the way through when the Cowboys take off to Oxnard in late July. We'll even have some boots on the ground to keep you posted. And I believe we're going to be having some special podcasts and YouTube episodes going down from Oxnard this year. So make sure you tune into that as well for Tom I'm Roy. You guys stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we'll see you next Thursday.